Hi, I'm Ali Maldro, the host of A Public Affair on Tuesdays. You can listen to this show any day of the week, any hour of the day on the WORT smartphone app or on WORTFM.org. If you love what you hear, click that donate button and support community media. Your donation makes a huge difference. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from underground. We bring the truth to places. Good afternoon, Madison. You're listening to WORT 89.9 FM. Madison, I'm your host, Ali Maldro. This is a public affair. Last year, Madison's poet laureate, Angie Trudell Vesquez, created the Madison Youth Poet Laureate Program. Our city's first, our city is the first in Wisconsin to become part of a National Youth Poet Laureate Program. The national organization honors teenage poets and provides them with competitive opportunities to showcase their work and talent. Earlier this summer, Leha Newman became the second Madison Youth Poet. Maleha is an upcoming sophomore, and when she was just 14, she self-published her first book titled Photograph. Joining me to talk about the role of Youth Poet Laureate is Maleha Newman and Andrew Tadal Vasquez. Welcome to A Public Affair, ladies. How are you? Good, Good. Thank you. Yeah. Can, can I talk a little bit about uh, why you decided you wanted to have a Youth Poet Laureate here in Madison, Angie? Yes. Can you hear me okay? You hear me? Okay. Yeah. yeah, thank you. So when I applied for the um, Madison Poet Laureate position back in 2019, it was part of my platform. In my eight-page proposal, I said, we need a Youth Poet Laureate. And that was one of the things that I um, put in originally, but it took a couple years. Um, I donated one of my stipends to get it going with Urban Word. But I will say, Amanda Gorman, when she went on the national stage, it lit a fire under so many people, and it made it way easier. So suddenly, all the people I've been talking to from the moment I started the position were ready. And we got it in right before Milwaukee did. We were neck and neck. Um, (laughs) And my dear friends, uh, they have the uh, Youth Poet Laureate program going on right now, but we're housed through the Madison Art Commission, so it is within the city. And whoever's my successor, um, it's part of their position description to continue the program and mentor the Youth Poet Laureate cohort. That is so incredibly cool and powerful. It makes me very, very grateful that you are our Poet Laureate. (laughs) Um, I, I think, you know, I I loved poetry as a young person, and I would have been so excited by an opportunity like this or to get to see a peer um, do something like this. Malia, how does this feel for you to be be one of the first youth poet laureates in the city of Madison and in the state of Wisconsin? Yeah, it definitely feels like, you know, you're making history, right? In a way, it's you are creating a world, a platform in which other youth, other people can um, look up to you, right? Like you said, there isn't, there wasn't that many. And I think even me growing up, there was no people like me as well as like young people um, that were there that were doing what I wanted to do, right? I inspired to do. So I think it's just really cool knowing that there are young people who are looking up to me and are um, hoping to make a change in there or do what I'm doing one day. What do you hope to accomplish with your poetry? I have I've heard every poem is political. I've also heard every poem is a pickup line. Um, <laughs> what What do you hope people take away from your from your poetry? What is the message you find yourself trying to convey? Um, just that I think. youth voices are just as powerful as adult ones I think that more powerful yeah I think that youth know what they're talking about they know what they're saying they aren't I mean obviously age it it, it's it's a number right it has power it has meaning sure but I think that um they know what they're talking about they've had experiences and they are just trying to talk about them and um allow like shine a light on it and I think that that's exactly what I'm trying to do I'm trying to you know put that put that out there understand that you know this voice is is as powerful as anyone else's do you like to perform poetry do you like to read poetry do you like live audiences or do you find yourself more drawn to the the kind of privacy of writing 
Um, I think both in a way. I love performing. I've always loved performing. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think it's always been really cool for me, but I definitely do like what you said, the privacy of writing and um, allowing myself to have that space just in my room, um, just writing quietly. I think that's also very important, but a balance of both is kind of what I'm like still trying to strive for. And um, it's, it takes a, it takes a, takes every, every day. I think it's just like balancing that and learning about that a little bit more. I think it's really incredible that you've written a book already. Angie, you brought, I want to say, like five books with you that you've written. <laughs> uh, well, these are these are my poetry books, but I have a small press and experience editing, and I've curated and edited and put out collections. And there's such a joy in publishing voices that don't always see the light of day. And I learned yeah. that early in my Milwaukee days. Um, and I also at that time was working with youth voices. Mm-hmm. And I learned back in my late 30s that uh, publishing other voices and working with youth and helping them find a way to express themselves was really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you know, you just published your first book, Fox photograph yes um do you think back to like things you wish you had known the first time you published a book can you can you talk to us a little bit about um, and i want to hear this from both of you i'm so excited um, by your reaction to this question but angie we'll start with you what do you wish you had known 10 books ago okay so here's the thing many of us do our own like first publishing like we can't get the book out so we end up doing it right However, that puts you out of the running for the first book prizes that many people can apply for. Oh. And so that's the one thing. Like, I wish someone had told me, don't be so impatient because you're going to put yourself out of the running for those first book prizes that carry a lot of weight and money in the poetry world. Um, but I've been writing since the age of seven. And so, like, uh, one of the things I wish I would have had when I was Maliha's age or Madeline Bone's age, who was the first Youth Poet Laureate, is a mentor. Mm. Like, we meet usually the last Wednesday of the month and we talk and I've been doing this from the beginning anyone who applied for the Youth Poet Laureate was invited to be part of the Youth Poet Laureate cohort and we've talked about commas and I get so excited about commas so we've (laughs) talked about line breaks and I've introduced them to my favorite poets um, indigenous poets that I study with at the Institute of American Indie Arts and uh, we've had a lot of fun we do free rights we share we talk about the business of editing um, yeah and it's my time to geek out and they're excited and I don't have a lot of people in my circle mm-hmm. who really want to talk about editing or commas for an hour so I, I love what, what you just highlighted which is really you know what does it mean to be eligible for recognition um, and how do you position yourself to be recognized for your talent and I think so many of us don't have, you know, a, a roadmap to that. So thank you for, for bringing that to the airwaves. Mm-hmm. And then the importance of mentorship. And I just have to say, like, my inner 14-year-old, like, <laughs> wanted to just cry uh. hearing you say that. Because I think, yeah, having those people that you can look to mm-hmm. um, to support your work and celebrate your work with and strengthen your work mm-hmm. is rare. Uh, us particularly because the arts are competitive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so... You know, it can it can be an area where uh, the the contact you're having most frequently is is folks who view themselves as as your competitors oh, versus yeah. as your your mentors yeah. or your support. Um, Malia, what do you wish you would have known before you published that first book? <laughs> oh gosh, there's so much. I think what she was talking about a mentor is so important. I did not know what I was doing. I wasn't expecting it to be as much as it was. I think I so I wrote it during quarantine. I was 12 when I started writing the book, and yeah, I know. I was 12. I had I wanted to write a book. I've always wanted to write a book. And I was like, let's do it. I have nothing better to do. I'm sitting in my room for 12 plus hours a day. Let me figure out something to do. So I wrote it. It was done. It was finished. I had, um, I had my mom had an editor. He edited it for me. And then I was Come like, mom. let me figure. Yes. <laughs> um, I was like, let me figure out what can I do with this, right? How can I get it out there? I want people to know. And I think having somebody to hold my hand in that would have been amazing. Having somebody who could tell me this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't. Like I talked to so many people who weren't trying to help me right they were trying to sabotage that work and I think it would have been so nice to have somebody there to be like yes this is where this is the path this is what we can do I've done this I've been here let me help you and I think I I'm glad that I did it by myself just because I, it did give me a lot of power in terms of like my writing understanding what is right and wrong learning it by myself was really nice but at the same time I think it would have been really cool to have somebody there and I think when I'm when I met Angie it was after I had kind of published that first one I was kind of already um done with with that I was um it was on online already but yeah having having someone would have been really really cool heck yeah 
You're just tuning in. You're listening to 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Maldro. This is a public affair. Today we are talking to our poet laureates. So we have Madison's poet laureate, Angie Tudal Vasquez. And and I'm, I'm like, am I saying your last name? Can you say your last name? Vasquez. Okay. It's okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, who created the poet, the youth poet laureate position, and that is uh, Maliha Newman, who are both on the air with us talking about poetry, talking about this work and what it contributes to our community. If you want to join the conversation, you have any questions for them, give us a call at 608-256-2001 and we will patch you through. Huge shout out to the folks that are making today's show possible. Our producer, Jade, our engineer, Ashley, our director of news, Shelly Pittman, Steve out there taking your calls. Um, please give us a call. Please join this conversation. Please celebrate poetry with us a little bit. I I want to ask you, Angie, mm-hmm. were you at all nervous that in bringing on a youth poet, you become like the young poet and the old poet? Well, <laughs> I'm really happy with who I am. And age is a number, like Maliha said. So I'm, I'm 55. But I feel... Um, just as excited about poetry and mentoring as I did like 30 years ago or whatever. But for me, like, you know, I'm okay being an elder and I'm okay being a mentor and I'm going to own these years. But you look so young. You say elder and I'm like, (laughs) okay, sexy elder. Um, We see you out here. (laughs) But you know, like the inner, the inner Ali is so rich, right? Mm -hmm. And like we were talking before we went on air about how short our lives are and how beautiful this life is that we have and it makes me so happy that poetry participates in this conversation because our words will last like art will live beyond us right Mm. and I think of us we're the sum of our literary ancestors and these musics and the other night you mentioned uh, the YouTube elder poets (laughs) which just made me laugh (laughs) because I'm more like print and I know I'm always bringing into the cohort like this is this one in print and this is this you know older poet but I am really happy to bridge this and I really want Maliha to shine and have her time. I want her to have sidewalk poems. So when she's like 30 years from now, she can go back and say, that's my poem. Um, but, you know, this is really exciting. And for I didn't really realize, Ali, that we were the first in the state until I started uncovering it. But uh, here we are. And uh, we're making history. You know, we had Madeline. We have Maliha. Um, and uh, one of the things I wanted to say is, like, we don't compete against each other in our space. We are mm-hmm. supportive and we are championing one another. And it's really important as an artist not to look at others as competition because you're your own competition. You can exactly. look back, Malia, and you can see, oh, I'm a better poet now than I was then. Yes. And, uh, and that's important. But uh, critiquing and editing, these are the things that I need to impart um, in my term with, with you all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Malia, can I ask... Who are the the other young poets that we should keep an eye on? Are are you looking to voices that are your contemporaries for inspiration? Um, yeah, we should we should all be listening to young people. Who do you think the young people we should listen in, listen to are beyond yourself? Yeah, so I think I've been listening to Voices in Power on YouTube, and it's um, centered in Philadelphia, and I want to go so bad. I think I, ha- I do have to be, like, of age, but I want to do it so bad. And I think they do have a fair amount of, like, youth poets, as in, like, they're a little bit older, right, 16, 20s, but I think it's really cool, and I listen to their poems all the time, and I think it's just being able to see people, again, that look like me and are striving to do something that I've always wanted to do right is just the coolest thing ever so I love that and I think that even with social media right it's like being able to um, see it as a community rather than like some place that can hurt you because I think I found so many people that are doing what I want to do one day and are um, talking about things that I I want to talk about and I think um, being able to see that right just on my phone is really really cool and I think it it motivates you at the end of the day right it, it keeps you going it keeps me going um, and I think that's my inspiration right now and I think those are those are the people that I'm really looking up to but also like seeing how how much of a impact they're making on people like me right and how I strive to to make impacts like that on people when I think about the first poets I was exposed to as a young person um they're all white men exactly Um, most of them white dead white men um and and I think about for somebody like for my children like thinking of you as one of the first poets that they've been exposed to especially because like they went to school with you um (laughs) but (laughs) but I think like 
you know, when when you think about this, Angie, and you think mm-hmm. about the the poetry that cultivated your interest mm-hmm. in being an artist, mm-hmm. um, did you do you feel like you saw yourself reflected in the artists that were highlighted within your education and the artists that you were exposed to through pop culture? Well, you know, elementary, middle school, you know, um, high school. I read poetry, and you know mm-hmm. we always had Shel Silverstein as children in the house. Um, but growing up, I was introduced first to the African American poets like June Jordan, and you know like that blew my mind. And then it became the um, you know the I would say Latin American, Central American poets. And you know I was at the University of Iowa when Sandra Cisneros was there, and when Joy Harjo was there as a child. So then you know then I become of age in um, Drake University, and it was like. Allen Ginsberg. Like, what do I have in common with Allen Ginsberg? Well, everything when it comes to poetry. And Carolyn Forche, who was very political, and I am a very political poet, and that just blew my mind that you can address injustices on the page. And then Stanley uh, Kunitz, whose poems just still just strike me. And then you develop as a poet. And now I have, like, other favorite poets, like Lely Long Soldier and Bar- Brian Bearheart. And, you know, it just it becomes richer. And like C.D. Wright says, you can only add to poetry. You can't detract from poetry. So it's a continuous body. And I have to say, Ali, that Maliha and I had the opportunity to work with the U.S. Poet Laureate, Ada Lamone. And I was thinking when you asked that question about what young poets, there were so many amazing poets in that space, including the um, Youth Poet Lord in Milwaukee. And I was so excited for Maliha and Emily to be in that space and to do a workshop at this level. And I'm like, we're going to do this, right? You're going to do this because I want to be there with you. <laughs> and it was beautiful. And you wrote, a, yes. you read a poem at Art Lit Lab on Saturday that you wrote from that generative workshop. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is that is really, really phenomenal. And I think the the question then is like, what prepared you to write a book at the age of 12? What prepared you to, to do this work? How did you know that you wanted to be a poet, explore, explore poetry as an art form? Um, talk us through how you became our first or our second Youth Poet Laureate. Yeah, so I started with music. I'm a songwriter. I started with lyrics. I loved writing music. And I think um, during quarantine, um, that music turned into just more poems, right? It was more I I could say them. And I think that's when I kind of shed a light on, well, what is poetry, right? What is it to me, but also what is it to the world? And so um, Google's your best friend. I looked it up, YouTube, all of that. Um, And I think I just really, like, I could do that. That looks really cool. I want to try. And I didn't think I would ever write a book. That was not where I was going with it. I wanted to do more spoken word. I don't think but many people think they're going right? to write a book, especially when they're twelve. Exactly. So I was twelve. Yes. So I think it was it was just like, well, this is something I've I've always loved writing. I've been writing since I since I can remember, and I think why not, right? So I think I, I don't know I don't know where it came from. I think it was just I'm here. I'm sitting. What can I do? Right. I have a laptop. I have Google Docs. Let's figure it out. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was very spare of the moment, spark of the moment. I don't know. It, w- it wasn't anything serious at the time. I think my mom really pushed me to be like, you could do something with this. Put it out. Put it out. And so I self-published it. Um, and I think um, that's exactly when, like, school came back in. And my um, English teacher, Miss Kittle, I love her. Um, shout out to the English teachers. Shout out to Miss Kittle. She yes. recommended the Youth Poet Laureate program. She found it. Um, and then I got in contact. I, I applied for that first year. Um, and I worked with the cohort. And I think that just kind of sparked the whole thing. And I definitely, like Angie was saying, right, um, comparing yourself to yourself. And if I look back on those days, I definitely grew as a poet. I definitely can see it. And I think it's really, really cool to just be able to say yeah I was there a year ago and look at me now you know so it's it's a pretty incredible thing I think especially if you can look back at poetry you made with less skill less experience and still respect that you were voicing something important to you I I feel like we've gotten to talk a lot about poetry if you're just tuning in you're listening to WORT we're talking to our poet laureates Angie and Maleha and I'm going to ask you all to share a little poetry with us, if that's okay. So, oh my goodness! Let's uh, see. We'll start. We'll start with our youth poet poet laureate, Maleha. Okay. Oh my goodness! This is what's something? I think I can I read the one that I did yeah. at Art Lit Lab. Yeah. I absolutely love yeah, that. Yeah, the one. Trojan horse. Oh, Trojan horse. Or should I do like the? 
Well, I like I like Trojan. I don't know. You do you do I you. did like should I do Trojan Horse? That one is a good one. That's one of my favorites. Okay. okay. So this is Trojan Horse. Um I wrote it I don't even know when I wrote this, but it's one of my favorite poems. I absolutely love this one. Um, okay. Most people don't want to tell you the truth, so they hide it in a bowl of cereal. In the box behind the screwdrivers under the sink. In the drawer with all the things that probably have a design place, but leaving them there seems more convenient behind words of integration. They say bad words and sweet voices, and you love pretty sounds. Most people are so quick to shrink themselves to make their words sound bigger. As if the world can't indoctrinate both a straight personality and a vehement mind. As if you can't be both. As if you have to choose one. As if they want to make the boxes bigger but not eliminate them altogether. I imagine the struggle. The attempt in accommodating to fit a box of fictitiousness. Having to bend every bone and break every nail just to be what they want. To present what they'll see. This Trojan horse I live in doesn't know what it's like. Gets the pleasure of being what people want to see without looking inside it. Without seeing the blood on my hands and the horror in my eyes. Without wanting to be anything else. This Trojan horse I live in is vindictive. She has no remorse for what lives inside her. Doesn't feel the need to make more room or open a window some days. I imagine what it would be like to leave this body, to shed this dead skin. I envision me without the filter, without the yeah, I'm fine. Every thought becomes more clear than the last that this prayer, this girl, this version of someone I still can't explain, this different thought of the same word, this voice, this book, this line of a story I don't want to write, I pray she finds a way out, pulls herself out of the ink on these pages the tears on this skin the overwhelming need to be something she knows she isn't i pray she stops her skin from stretching so thin it leaves wrinkles on these pages most people don't believe the truth till they're standing in front of it most people hide behind glass because it's excuse for their blind side i have no interest in changing your perception of me i just hope you know all you're seeing is this trojan horse i painted for you oh that's so beautiful <laughs> thank you yes I like that poem. Yes, yeah. me too. I really favorites. like that poem. Um, and I I know that you're going to read in front of the council soon, but uh, we have a different <gasps> poem for that. Um, <laughs> did you pick it yet? I, I did. Oh. I, we got to do a couple things, but yeah. So um, in that vein, I'm going to read a poem from In Light, Always Light called Patina. Patina. Body scars, older lives, tongues, caresses, whip marks, spilled milk, broken fences. My skin is a patina of conquerors, the conquered. Slave smiles, earth hands, flattened by the press of burnt tin, wheelbarrows. Sleek hair shows up white now and then when thoughts of carnage and lost people slay pigment. Survivors can live through lines on a page, their voices ringing in pencil, in ink. Beyond death, art speaks. I have always been a woman. Your sister's bloodlines pulse fire in your veins. Our wee ventricles burst on occasion. Brain beats still asleep, muses on all the people you know who have passed to the grave, to vases of bone and ash, who walk in dreams, speak lines of poetry in the dark, their voices alive at night. Mm. Wow. Thank you all. Love that. Angie. Ah. Amazing. Do you all feel like you get used to listening to each other read? You start to kind of memorize one another's work or when I was when I was doing poetry as a young person, we I did a lot of very competitive poetry or slam poetry. Um, and we would like one of our ways of kind of decompressing was to do impersonations of each other <laughs> doing poetry. <laughs> um, what, is, what does that look like for you all? Well, I mean, when you're asking one of the questions, I was thinking about the origin story of writing that we did in a poetry prompt once during um, our poetry yes. cohort. And that was really cool to find out when did you become a writer? How did you become a writer? What's your origin story for a writer? And that was a really beautiful thing. And I remember the poems that you wrote from that time, all of you in the cohort. And it just, it was a beautiful thing. Uh, some of it was dance. My first language was dance. My first language yes. was writing. My first dance, or my first language was playing with these paper dolls. Or, you know, like this was, it, we were going deep into the poem. And uh, so I remember their stories. Yeah. And uh, it was, um, I'm really proud that the the youth cohort, Lloyd cohort, was champion one another. And that you were vulnerable with each other. And that's a beautiful thing. 
Um, and that's not always a, a real thing when you're in the art scene. It's very competitive. And there's only so much money for grants and honors and whatnot. But uh, yeah, yeah I, feel, I feel good about what we created. And Maliha is definitely a part of it. Angie, I love the way you talked about that because I think getting to know people through their writing is a really specific sensation. And I think the way we feel about like authors that we love, where you start to see kind of past just what's written and into who the person is yes yes, is a really genuinely thrilling experience especially when you get to keep working with somebody and I think about that with my own students in times where you know I'm watching their writing progress as I get to know them and all of a sudden what they're writing makes more sense uh how do you how do you feel how do you relate to listening to to people refine their work or listening to the same poem a few times from somebody you're working with yeah, I think you definitely just understand them more um, hearing their writing. I 100% believe that, you know, your writing is a very big part of you, right? I I will never believe the whole, oh, you're writing about somebody else. No, I think <laughs> so much of it is you are writing about something that you've experienced, something you felt. And I think it is so, so beautiful, right? First listening, like, I love, I think when we did the um, the reading, right, to figure out who was Youth uh, Poet Laureate, um, and I was just listening to a lot of these people read before I even, like, knew their name really and I think you know so much about how they feel so much about what they think before you even know their name right before I've even shook her hand and I think it's so interesting to hear that hear that right and hear it over and over again with Angie and really understand who she is um not just as a poet but as a person and I think that's that's really cool I think when you're really talented in a specific area as a young person that you can be flattened into that area. Um, So there becomes an expectation like you're going to do great in English and you're going to do great in history. Um, And then what about your other interests? What about like the other areas? Because I because I know you, I know that you're (laughs) overall brilliant um, in any area you want to be. Do how do you kind of handle with being flattened into this talent because it's a public-facing version of who you are? I absolutely love that question, um, Ali. That's that's so true. I think, for me, it's definitely um, putting my name out there first, right? Um, untied to, obviously, Youth Poet Laureate is only a year, right? So I think just putting out, I am Maliha Newman, that's it. I do have books. I am Youth Poet Laureate as of right now, but I think I want people to know my name. I think that's the biggest thing for me. That's um, one of the things that is driving okay, this position for me. I, I Get it with your name recognition. <laughs> yes, name recognition, Maliha Newman, remember it. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, but I think that's a big thing, and I think you're right. I think um, with anything, it does flatten you into, into a specific box, right? It puts expectations and ideas and perceptions onto you that you don't necessarily have, and I think I want to, you know, I believe so much in intersectionality and just having as many identities as I want as many as I aspire to and I think I can put any hat on I want I can be whoever I want I think um, just learning that especially as a young person because I know that I am very influenced by the world right now right I am so young anything can shape me and I know that and I think it's very important to you know take it a day day at a time but also understand that like I'm a poet but I'm also just Maliha Um, that's it and I think um, I have to I have to keep reminding myself of that and I think I have um, very brilliant people around me to keep reminding me of that um including my mother i love you mom um, <laughs> we we love you mom i love we you are, mom. We, are, we are all fans of you here at wort <laughs> i i want to ask do you feel like there's adult pressure because you're talented and because you you love writing and you've published this book do you think that the adults around you um expect you to stick with it expect you to study it in college expect you to pursue it as a profession and how do you balance that that those expectations yeah i think adult pressure has never it's never foreign to me i think i've always grown up in spaces in which i am the youngest um and i've kind of enjoyed that i think i do like being um somebody in which i'm learning from people around me now i don't like being like the oldest in any place because i think i like um learning you are the oldest of three children right (laughs) i am the oldest of three children (laughs) but i I like um I think I'm always learning I like to I like to learn but um in terms of adult pressure I think it's it's very important to understand that you know the people around you are not you they're not living your life they do not know um what goes on your head they don't they don't know the other half of the story and I think I like to take everything that anybody says to me with a grain of salt just because um even though it might be what they think is best for me I want to you know do at the end of the day what I want to do right yes and I think that of course like a lot of these people that talk to me like they're they're right right I could of course study in college but I really want to go into psychology I want to go into forensic psychology it's one of my dreams and I think that I will always have poetry as a lifeline for me but it's not 
a career path in a sense um and i think it's yeah it's what i want to do and i think if that's not what other people want me to do that really sucks for them I don't know. <laughs> yeah i oh i like that i like the yeah. feminism of that of course if you're just tuning in you're listening to a public affair on wort 89.9 fm madison my name's ali muldrow and today we're talking with madison's youth poet laureate maliha newman and uh, also in the studio is our current Madison Poet Laureate, Andrea Trudel Vasquez. If you have any questions for these two fantastic poets, give us a call at 608-256-2001. Angie, hmm. in creating this position, um, you probably had to really think, like, how how old can a youth poet, poet laureate be? Like, what is the range? Um, yeah, how long true. do they serve? All of the kind of details and logistics of mm-hmm. what it's going to look like to give this title to a young person, support a young person with this title. Um, what is What was that process like? And, mm-hmm. and can you tell our audience, if we have some young people out there or some moms, some <laughs> encouraging moms, because let's like be honest, that's like how we all get mm-hmm. into everything. Very true. Um, <laughs> listening to the show and they go oh this might be a great fit for my kiddo next year mm-hmm. how old do they have to be how do you decide what 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 drew you to the two youth poet laureates that we've had what made them qualified for the title so we're partnered with urban word like we have our own logo for the youth poet laureate cohort and it gives um the youth poet laureate an access and they've invited all the youth poet laureate cohort to attend their events which is really cool and their ages are 13 to 19. But um, I had friends in Washington State where I lived for a long time who mentored uh, the Washington, um, Seattle, Washington, and Redmond, Washington Youth Poet Laureates. So I talked to them, and Ariane True is now the current state Washington Poet Laureate. But I investigated, I talked to people, and I really wanted to make this not too, um, too much work for like the Youth Poet Laureate because you're in school, and you might have cheer, and you have sports, and you have a job, and you have friends and family and you got to sleep right that's what you told me the other night I need to sleep too and so um, the way it's built is uh, Maliha is only under contract to do three readings she gets paid for those and that's all she has to do and then I um, because you know they're minors I kind of am the uh, you know make sure that you know you're not getting crazy requests right or I I, like you can't take off school and I always tell the parents you know school's first I get it (laughs) and thank you so much for bringing your children but if people want to get involved it'll be open next spring and they should keep an eye out on the city's um, web page and you know I'm sure they'll do a good job of getting to the libraries and the schools but my position's open right now and somebody should apply who wants to mentor um, the youth poet laureate cohort and the youth poet laureate position because I'm only in here till mid-January and it makes me kind of sad but I also yeah. need to let someone do their thing right yes. I don't want to be the shadow hanging over it I want people to like like you I don't like to be told what to do I want people to like be free to make it their own position but I really wanted to make it manageable Ali because I was an overachiever high school student and I didn't sleep much I think I would have been three t- inches taller if I'd slept more so I really just wanted to make it manageable and fun yeah not not oppressive like I I take on too much sometimes I know that and uh, learning to find that balance is important yeah I so I so much appreciate everything you just spoke to because I think a lot of times um, we take advantage of really talented young people and and a lot of things that are um, shaped as opportunities for young people are really exploitive right they're really about um promoting the adults in the space and prioritizing the adults and they customize themselves to young people so to hear you talk about making sure that there's a balance for all of the other things a young person does while having this role compensating young people for their performing um and for their art i think is so incredibly powerful maliha can you talk to us a little bit about what it was like for you to apply to become this the mentor what 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 was what was that process what did your application look like yeah so i think for the first time i applied it was really um my my english teacher again she really really helped with that um just talking me through it kind of what they wanted she wrote the um letter of recommendation that year um and i think the next one i i already kind of knew right a little bit of what was doing i also had been um working with the cohort for that full year so um applying that year was very very simple for me it kind of came 
came very easily. I had a CV for this one, um, which I thought was really, <laughs> I know, which I thought was really cool. Um, and I think it was just kind of growing and also just, again, looking back and being able to say, like, it's it's just about, like, the journey, right? It is about growing. And I think um, applying this year was very, very easy just because of, um, you know, I, I kind of understood the game a little bit. So I think for people who want to apply next year, I think it's, it's very important to, you know, even if you don't get the position, it's important to kind of stick with it and really push through and um, understand that like you, you it's it's a very much a learning experience right it's very much being able to like sit in the position um with the people who know what they're doing and um learn and then when you do apply that next year you might just you might just do it so yeah yeah do you have hopes for Angie who hmm. comes after you or who the next poet laureate of Madison will be? I've been asked, if, is there someone I want to recommend? And honestly, Ali, I'm like, let's throw it out to the universe and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really don't want to put my finger on that. I want people to apply who love poetry, who believe in its power, and uh, who want to make it their own. So I have not, I've, I'll share it, but I, I really am just letting the universe speak. And that's how I do editing things too. Let the universe speak. Yeah. And you usually some, get what you want. If somebody wants your job, mm-hmm. what do they have to do? They have to apply. They got to apply by September 27th. They got to go to the City of Madison website and look at the Poet Laureate program. And it's not small. And, uh, you know, yeah. one of the things that the Youth Poet is Laureate it? did is read this year too. Is it a full-time job? Well, in some cases, yes. In some cases, no. But um, I have a full-time job, and then I have the Poet Laureate job, and then I have my own writing and editing, and I just finished judging a poetry contest today, and I travel around, and I teach, um, and I go to universities, and I teach, you know, teachers how do you bring it to the curriculum. I was in Portland, Oregon for ASLI, which is an art, science, literature, and environmental, because leaves a lot of poetry and science together, Ali. So, yes, it is a full-time job, and I know my husband's ready for me not to be so busy but uh yeah edit in the morning I mean, he's evening. ready but is the world ready like we yes. we love us a high achieving woman around here well, and w o w o r t would not <laughs> exist without women who um are yes you know just high achieving high achieving yes. just working oh. out here how out here making the world a better place and well and only i'd say that right back to you you're here making a difference bringing yes, voices i are. see you all over and i knew about you before i even moved here when i lived in milwaukee people be like ali midro ali midro so I think like Milwaukee. <laughs> yes, I think we have to encourage each other to step into these roles. And I, I talked to Malia about being a public figure because it's a little bit different when you're a public figure. And so you know, when you're a public figure and you're a poet for the people, yeah, that means all people. Yeah. And uh, mm. being on the ch- I'm the chair for the state poet laureate commission, mm. and I always want someone who can go talk to folks anywhere they are, whether it's in a barn or a nursing home or in a college campus or you know. Uh, anywhere so I think it's that's the power of poetry can you talk a little bit about the opportunities that being a youth poet laureate has opened up for you so things you're like I wouldn't have known about this I wouldn't have done it I wouldn't have considered publishing there had I not had the opportunity to pursue this role yeah so I think a big thing that I just kind of uh, recognized right like right from the right from the bat um being uh, the youth poet laureate was when I looked up my name I came up and I think that was the biggest thing is that like now people know who you are right now the the book is like you the first Googleable. thing you see I am Googleable and that was one of my goals so that was really cool <laughs> um, it was <laughs> so I think that was that was the biggest thing it's also just like this position is giving you that recognition recognition that I was looking for in terms of like the book I got so many buys off of that um and I think it was really important to kind of understand that like this is what it's made for right it's it's trying to get youth poet laureates yeah, so you, out there. you were able to boost your book sales <laughs> yes in having this position. you become a, a better known entity you become more recognizable yeah um other yeah. other things that you think in terms of opportunities i think it's just people are reaching out right people are wanting to hear my opinions on poetry my opinions on just kind of everything right and i think i love that because i have a lot of opinions on these things <laughs> that's what the podcast is for it's coming out i'm working on it um but i think um yeah i think i got a lot of opportunities just in terms of like wanting to hear my side of something wanting to hear um what i thought about a certain um poetry po- anything right and i think it was really cool to kind of um be 
wanted in that aspect because I think that's what I was striving for was like I want people to to hear my name but also want my opinion on something and I think the um the po- um the program really gave that to me was just um wanting people to hear what I had to say about something which is really cool how can schools utilize mm. you in this role I think about like Mm. what it looks like not to pull you out of school but to have your school or your school district say we have this young person who has this tremendous opportunity and this really powerful voice and what does it mean to have you write poems that are uh, appropriate for kids who are in elementary school or middle school or present to to our greater school district how should your school be uh, leveraging your skills and talents and oh, and recognizing them um, to, ma- to make really our community better. I think better. Um, really like libraries are an asset. I mm-hmm. think especially during Poetry Month, April, our favorite. Um, I think especially like when I was at um, uh, Hamilton, they really did help. My, I love my library teacher. She really helped with the whole um, like putting my poetry out there, you know, um, giving me opportunities and stuff like that. So I think all of the schools could really like um, – benefit from you know putting some of their like highlight students who do want to do poetry who like writing who like even books right I think it's really cool to have you know just like somebody of the month who is really working on trying to exceed in some sort of talent like that and having them um, put on like the library door or something like that where people can see and talk to them about it because I think a lot of youth um, people uh, especially for me I think was a big thing was I was afraid of the way that um, my peers would see me as like as a poet right I think I really shied away from telling people that I liked poetry for a while that I did this that I liked music even because I thought it was very embarrassing and I think having, everything is cringe everything no um <laughs> but I think uh having like the library having the school support a student that way would really leverage them in terms of like oh okay so people are you know happy about this people are supporting me in this and I think when I started to tell my friends it was very much a I want to help right I want to be there I want to support you in whatever I can and I think um kind of switching that in my head of just like I don't really care what people think right now I think I want to do what I want to do and I think that's the biggest thing um and I really I found it um a lot easier to to kind of put myself out there knowing that like my peers are there too and my friends so yeah it's incredibly powerful and Angie I want to ask you Mm -hmm. when you all were creating this position did you think about how the youth poet laureate would be positioned within the context of their school or is this something you partnered with the Madison Metropolitan School District to go how can we Mm -hmm. uh, elevate this young person together Mm -hmm. so I've worked with a lot of schools in the city of Madison um, and I think about my experience with East High School and the librarian and Barbara Davis and how they made a collection of youth voices mm-hmm. and I remember seeing you in there one day and you're like hey I'm Maliha and I'm like oh hi but um, for me I think about Madeline in her role she went on a day off when school was closed she went to her um, junior high and did a poetry workshop with the students there which if you have a day off I would say go to Hamilton see if you could like oh, you know sure. show the students like here I am I'm just like you and that's so important when you work with young people yeah. um, whether you're my age or your age to see see you in that chair there you can be in this role too you have an example and I am showing you how it's done and uh, you know when I work with really young people Maliha if they write anything I'm like that is the best that is so amazing and I think it's encouraging and then the editing can come later but just the love of the language and expression and and who are you on the page and you know I just it's there's so many opportunities you can do and the school systems are great because they spread that far and wide and that's how you found out yeah we we targeted for the first one we targeted everybody yeah Mm -hmm. and i love teachers and i love librarians and the the city of madison has a great public library system so we'll have a reading there coming up at sequoia that we'll figure out which is your local and um we'll invite people to come but um we don't go anywhere without one public education which shout out to public education and teachers and we don't go anywhere with libraries libraries Um, those are the two things like we need that in a in an active democracy yeah You two are just like over here stealing my heart. I'm here for it. This has my so incredibly quickly. But that's really like it's it's beautiful to hear that young people in this role can take initiative, mm-hmm. can cater their outreach to the greater community in ways that make sense for them. And also I think back to myself in high school. One of the main reasons I was deeply compelled to get involved in poetry wasn't because I had been exposed to Maya Angelou or Nikki Giovanni, mm-hmm. but was really because Shanaka Hodge showed up at my school in person Mm, Um, and Shanaka at the time 
was, you know, like 17 years old. And I was a 14-year-old who thought she was like the most amazing person (laughs) to ever, like (laughs) biggest fangirl moment of my life. Um, So I think about the impact that just like seeing you or hearing from you would have on young people. Um, And I, I would say I think you'd probably be surprised at how much it will mean for young people years from now to say that you showed up at their school and read a poem. Yeah. Um, and so I am I am already tremendously <laughs> grateful for the work that you're doing. <laughs> do you have goals around what you want to do as the Youth Poet Laureate in this year? Um, I think uh, a lot of reading. I think I really want to get, you know, um, better as a poet and I think putting myself in positions um, in conversations that are going to uplift my poetry I'm going to uplift me as a person I think is the biggest thing because again this isn't going to be forever and I think I really want to make the most of it and I think that's one of the best things that um, this position has is just that you can make it whatever you want to make it right I only have three readings that I'm supposed to do but everything else I think I can plan and I can push for we were talking like I really want to um, work with Barnes and Noble because I love them and <laughs> that's like something really big that I think Barnes and with, Noble wants to work with you I love Barnes and Noble dude that is like oh my god so I will blush um <laughs> but I, I think that kind of thing is where I can make this position mine right I can I can do what I want with it I think it's very much craftable it's very much to the person what the time that they have um the energy that they're willing to put into this position and so I think I'm really trying to put a lot of my energy into this right now because it's not going to be forever and I want to make it um the biggest thing so that's one of the biggest goals is just putting as much energy into it as I can while it's still here while it's still thriving um and I think that's 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 the goal for right now yeah I love that goal. Angie, I want to talk to you a little bit about saying no. Um, yeah, yes, <laughs> because, because I hear your excitement and I am hoping somebody is talking to you because I think <laughs> that people are going to ask you to do at much, yeah. much, much more than you need to do or can do. Yeah. Um, I think folks will be school? very excited to invite you <laughs> to speak your mind and say what you have to say yeah. because your voice is, is beautiful and powerful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Angie, you. I think early yeah. on in arts, a lot of us <laughs> are, are given the impression that you take whatever comes your way enthusiastically. You just you run towards it and you don't really take into consideration yeah. your own exhaustion or your own <laughs> need for time to yourself or your own Mm -hmm. you know you really kind of push it to the limit what did it look like for you um as as an artist to find your boundaries and and what does it look like when somebody reaches out to you and tells you hey I've got this beautiful thing going on I'd love for you to be there and it doesn't fit into your world Mm -hmm. at that current moment that's so true you have to say no to say yes to your own writing like you know Saturdays I take a day off but Sunday is my writing day typically um, and of course there's editing, but you, you do have to have a balance and yeah. yeah, you could say yes to everything, but you'd have no time left <laughs> and you'd be running around. And, uh, yeah. so, you know, uh, one, you know, you, you do want to be compensated. You know, I think it's, it's, if you're traveling, it's worth your time. Don't hold back, Angie, you, Angie, you, get paid. You, you do, you <laughs> need to be compensated, whether it's a meal or something, you, you do want to get paid for your time because it's valuable. And yes. if we don't value ourselves and others won't. So that's one thing. Yeah. And sometimes when you say yes too often, your value goes down. So you do have to say no yeah. because there's a balance and you're, you can only yeah. do so much. And, um, for me, I have said yes many times when I'm really tired, but I'm really excited to work with that group or to do that thing. Yeah. And uh, so that's when I end up staying up really late or getting up early in the morning and editing in my bathrobe. But mm-hmm. but I, I also have projects and um, sometimes I think mentoring comes first and the project comes later. And my time, like you say, Malia, it's a short time. Yeah. So you want to soak it up, do the good you can do, spread the message. And then when it's over, you'll have time to reflect. But I have a, a stack of things I've done in my four years, and it's about this tall. Oh my goodness. And I was just talking to the Wisconsin Historical Society about maybe taking some of those papers. So, you know, we're, we're making history as yeah. uh, Poets Laureate and as the Youth Poet Laureate. But saying no sometimes means you're saying yes to yourself. I had this writer f- uh, person, Melissa Phoebos, who said, um, I just tell people I'm not available when I have my time to write. And I don't have to tell them why. I just oh I'm just not available but and honestly Ollie some things I've kicked down like oh I really want to do that but I can't make that work with my day job but I'll be there in September of 2024 put me down there yes Yes. can't do it now but let's make plans for that later oh I love I love that strategy and the only thing I would add to that is that 
you have to interrogate what you're being invited to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's so important to like ask Understand the questions. Yeah. yeah. Like, is this something I really want to do? Let mm-hmm. me figure it out. What you are know? they standing for is a big thing too. Cause yes. I think a lot of people kind of put themselves out there. Like you were saying, right. Especially as a young person, I'm very influenced to a bunch of things. So I do find myself putting myself into any situation just because I want to see what's going on. But I think, understanding you know where where those values lie what they are really trying to promote is really important because you don't want to be reading for something that you don't align with right Mm -hmm. you don't want to be talking to people that aren't going to be helping you in the long run so that's a big thing too for me so if somebody is out there and they're listening and they're like i want these two poets (laughs) i would love to hear from them i would love to have them at this event i would love to have them you know show up and and open the weekend for us or be part of the festival or (laughs) join the conference what what do you require require from the people who want you to present or want you to read poetry? And I'm going to start with you, Angie, because I think you might have a little more <laughs> yeah, experience. I'm not 100 percent sure yet. Well, you know, like there's things that are coming up, and you know, I'm getting an honorarium, I'm getting a stipend to travel and perform and and be there. Um, like if I if I go to the university uh, university, then you know they'll pay for my hotel or they'll pay for my travel or they'll pay for my stipend or whatever. But um, I'm working. Like I went to uh, Southwest Minnesota State University. I did like six um, classroom visits on top of the reading and oh traveling. So you you do want to really negotiate your time, and you want you know I've driven in rural areas on the way somewhere in snowstorms and rainstorms, but I made it yeah. because I said I was going to. Yeah. Um, and it's really important to follow through follow stick with your word I think yeah. I was gonna say that too well yeah. I mean your word's what you've got especially right. when mm-hmm. poetry is, is your it, is, is, is profession is how you're how you're moving through the world yeah. I don't want to bring out your inner Mariah Carey Maleha but I also <laughs> I also do what should people know that you need in order to show up and, and perform what are what is the support you need do they need oh. to make sure that there is just like some good water like what is happening yeah maybe some some food be nice <laughs> no, I'm just kidding I think I really want to know what the audience is like. Mm-hmm. I think I really want to know who I'm talking to because I think working an audience is something that I'm learning in this position, um, understanding like who you're reading to, what you can read to them, right, in terms of like um, sp- spoken word, but then more like the art lit lab where it's like a very older crowd. And I think um, understanding that like I don't want to change myself too much around people, right? I am still a youth. I'm 15. I can't, I can't be, you know, I don't want to grow up too fast. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, understand, I think I want to understand what the audience is like right who am i reading to what are they looking for when i come out and and read for you guys so yeah angie can you give us a a line of poetry that you think in some way Mm -hmm. kind of sticks with you changed your life you you think about it a lot so i really love this um, arkansas poet cd wright who's passed but she says this and this is the opening quote for one of my books in light always light poetry is the language of intensity because we are going to die, an expression an expression of intensity is justified. That's mm-hmm. CD right from Cooling Time. Wow. And I really live by those words. The other words That's I live beautiful. by are by Mary Oliver. Tell me what it is you will do with your one wild and precious life. And like, that's my mantra. Yeah. 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 Mm. Mm. Is there a line of poetry or a line know. of music? Oh. Like, that just sticks with you. That you're I like, oh, know. I go back to that all the time I think I really like okay so it's from Handgun it's it's a it's a song and it's like Jane Maddock I think his name is um but he said the um uh the uh, hardest part about growing up is learning how young you are and I think I'm really living by that right now it's just understanding that like you are getting older but you're also still very very young and I think um being put in these situations where people are treating me like I am an adult right I have so many people who are treating me like I am you know 18 and 19 right I'm going to college and I'm not and I think it's very important to you know reel it back in and understand I am still young I am still learning I can't drive I don't have a permit yet I'm very very young trust me um but also like I yes you have published a book but you do not have a driver's license Um, and I think it's really because I think people do, you know, um, put expectations on you. Think like, especially like, the way that I look, right? People put expectations on how you should act, who you should be, because of how old I look. And I think it's really important well, to kind of and push I, that. I will just say I don't think you look particularly old. I do think Thank there you. is an adultification of women of color, and yeah. we haven't talked yes. a lot about what it means Thank to be women you. of color oh in this space, goodness. but we all are. Um, so hopefully, I'll have you back because mm-hmm. we're out of time. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me today on yes, WORD eighty-nine point nine FM. Um, you all are amazing. Thank you. Thank Ali. you for having us. Yeah, this is great. We got so.
never be recorded with information that would never be reported. Disregard the mainstream media distortion.